Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I did mention this survey as well that's out today on a separate note. 64% of homeowners say that cost is the main barrier when it comes to carrying out work um, within their house, their home improvements. So if it's something that you're going through at the moment, I'd like to hear your experience, your story whether or not you're in a position to do home improvements now and how difficult that is. Architect Roisin Murphy is going to be with us today to answer any of your planning, um, architectural, home improvement questions, queries. You can send them in on WhatsApp 087 106. But before we talk about that, I do want to chat about the calls from independent Limerick TD Richard O'Donoghue. He was on News Talk Breakfast this morning and he says that a new €20,000 grant aid package should be established. This is for anybody seeking to construct a permanent one-off house on their own land. And I was interested in, in that because we've had a lot of callers to the show here in recent months talking about the need for one-off housing. Fianna Fáil Councillor and Chairman of Wexford County Council, John Fleming, got in touch with us. John, do you agree with Richard O'Donoghue on this? Should there be grants for one-off housing? Yeah, uh, good morning, Andrea. Good morning, listeners. Yes, I believe so. I suppose when you look at the development contributions are quite are quite steep. And for, for in a rural area, you pay for your water and sewage contributions, but you also have to install them at your own cost, which is a double cost, really. If you take a submersible pump within your own well, you're talking about paying up to €2,000 for it. Your sewage treatment plant is going to cost you maybe 20000 you know? I mean, generally speaking, generally speaking, I don't think rural development is too restrictive at the moment, and is causing rural decline. Like, there's not enough rural development taking place. Like in Wexford, for example, you're only allowed enough housing is allowed to be built in the rural countryside, which means that people from the area can only build in the locality. There's chickens. They give out the wrong signals. In other words, outsiders basically are not welcome. People might not know you cannot buy a new built house in rural Wexford. A builder cannot build and sell a new house in rural Wexford. And I think in the housing crisis, we need all the housing supply we can get. But sure, does the one-off housing in rural areas not completely clash with the state's policy on housing at the minute, John? It might, it might clash with the policy, but that's not saying, in my view, it's right. I mean, we need we need housing. What the done will say in 2013 was they uh, done away with clusters, two to seven units built in the rural countryside. I think what they should have done that time is reduce that down to two units. You could have a two-unit development there. A small builder could build a couple of houses. He could buy materials locally and he could sell a couple of houses. And you can have a joint entrance, so it doesn't really affect any going to the road wise. you have one entrance for two houses. I was, looking, I was looking at figures for this last year and standalone alone homes, your one-off houses, accounted for about 45% of all houses that were approved in 2022. Yeah, well, Wexford is basically a rural county. We have, we have a large county here, but the majority of the population is, is based in rural areas. I, I'm a farmer's son, we'll say, and I have sons. I like them. And, we, and as back from generations, we live in the rural countryside. I'd like, to, I'd like to have them to have the opportunity of being able to live in the, in the rural countryside also. Um, Elaine Houlihan is the, the national president for Macron Affirma. Elaine, are many of your members having issues um, with one-off planning applications? Like, with the likes of a €20,000 grant, how would that assist? Firstly, thanks for having me on, Andrea. Hmm. I'm sure a lot of you will know that we walk from a tie to Dublin and access to rural housing was one of our big points that we walked about. 
the once off rural um, planning is a huge thing for our membership. Um, but I do agree. I, the 20,000 grant, we wouldn't say no to that. They give us a start anyway. It helps it helps put down a foundation anyway. Yeah, is it is it different though, John? When you're talking um, about planning, where where is the one-off housing where you're talking about within the farming community? Like, should there be this twenty thousand euro grant aid or something similar where there's no connection to the farming community, where it is just standalone houses? Well, you see, if it's a one-off house, Andrea, you have to be there's huge restrictions. You have to be from the area. You have to have a local or an economic need to the area. You have to maybe went to school in the area. So it's not for people outside the area. And there's, there's kilometre restrictions. There's, there's areas in hor- uh, higher urban need and, and, and areas with strong demand. And, and there's restrictions all around. So it's not, every, it's not everybody that can build in a rural area. And what about what the, when you look at the government's plans at the moment and they're trying to get that balance between, you know, the the right to build in one-off, um, one-off houses in rural parts and then also in a sustainable manner? Like, I mean, we hear so many, so many conversations around public transport, access to services and all that goes with that. Yes, of course. If you get planning, number one, you have to have an A, an, an a rating house. So you're, 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 you're caught that so you definitely have to have a high standard of house. Um, you have to have a proper size. It has to be in keeping with the local area. And you're in a, a local area, right? You, what's going on at the moment, you have your broadband rollout. You have electric cars coming on stream. We have more bus services. The local link here we have in Wexford 360 does a great job on, on collecting people. You know, uh, all these benefits are coming to the local areas, and now we're trying to stop people building in them. It, it doesn't make sense to me now. Um, architect Roisin Murphy is, is with us here as well. Roisin, what's your view on, uh, on one-off housing? It's a long story in Ireland. It's a story going back 40 years. I think they're talking about there's been always a war between the urbanites and the rural people. I'm from a one-off house, I have to confess, uh, down the country. And my parents had to move in really as they got old. wasn't a sustainable lifestyle. And I've had difficulty even in where you've got to prove local need. I think I did a one-off house for, do you remember Father Damo from Father Ted? Mm. He was trying to get, He was his dad was from Meath, he was trying to get a house and planning permission and they were going to start a theatre school and we could not get it for them and we were going to do this thatched house. But thing, I, So I've always had a particular interest in this and it's so difficult. Um, we've refurbished existing bungalows as a solution. We tend not to look to get one-off housing partly because of the environmental issues. Um, I would definitely think that it is in our DNA though to live in remote isolated areas even so at the Dr. Noel Brown, the documentary that was on RTE recently, he was living in an isolated cottage right on the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. Part of that is in us. So, But things have changed in a really exciting way in Ireland, in one way. There is exactly as that last caller has talked about, transportation for me is the biggest issue in rural Ireland and having a one-off house. This is, the aerated house doesn't really do it for me. It's how you get in and out of town. Often a one-off house in Ireland will be three and a half, four miles away from mm. a shop. So you then are in the car and living in that environment is really difficult in Ireland. If you're growing up as a teenager in rural Ireland, I mean, this, the reason some of us love the radio in town is because it was so remote, so isolated. But that with this thing called micro transportation is changing Ireland and is changing whether or not we can really allow people back into rural Ireland. The, like, do you remember the pub ban and the smoking ban and everybody, you know, the rural pub was killed right across the country and that was quite an interesting thing in Ireland. But if we get 
e-scooters, electric bikes, if we get decent transportation mm. systems into these places is an argue that more local people can kind of live in that traditional way in Ireland. Now, I'm not saying I think in high scenic amenity areas, it's, it, you know, it's that, that blight that we saw with bungalow bliss happened. But there is an argument for refurbishing local bungalows. There is an argument for facilitating farmers. I don't think the 20 K. I think it's a bit of a kind of clickbait moment. I, how is twenty thousand ever going to help us in any kind of build situation well, in Ireland? John, you mentioned you thought it could help in terms of sort of the, the ancillary works. Isn't that what you talked about? The well, yeah, the contribution. You have to pay contributions first. It has pay in that regard. I mean, we have the Kirkina, uh, um fund there for with the old houses and old rooms. They're up up to seventy thousand where you do up an old an old farmhouse or some old type of property. You bring it back into use. You know, so I, I don't think like. I don't know who's complaining about them not about living in the countryside. I don't know who that is. If you talk about sewerage and environment, should the bigger treatment plants in Dublin places are broke down? It's you're yeah, trying to bring water from the Shannon to Dublin. Like it's not rural Ireland are, are, the, are, are the big environmental enemies here. It's a big treatment plant. It's 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 funny, Roisin, the Like there's, I think people have from the messages, and I can see it here. Like there's a split between. Yeah. It's different if you're like Elaine and Elaine's members, yeah. and you're from a farming community, and think, you want to live on the farm. That's very that's different, different to, to what I want to build on the side of a cliff and uh, then moan about one, schools and broadband. One hundred percent. I think that's the difference. There's restrictions. There's restrictions on what you can build, and to the way you, have, you, you may you must be in keeping on what's in the area. I mean, there are huge restrictions on on what type of property you can build, and you are you're not allowed to build in certain areas. And my big point is and just not confused. Is that I like to see rural housing where there is houses on a road. I don't like to see a rural house up a ro- new house up a road where there's five kilometres from any anywhere and no need for it. It's okay if a farmer has a big farm and he has to be there present. But mm. I think if there's no house on a road for miles, then it's a bad local road, well then I wouldn't think planning should, planning should be granted, but I see where I'm living the new new neighbours have come in and we carpool now and all, it makes it more efficient we actually go together and we pick up rubbish off the road that no one picks up, we go to the N30 and pick up, road, up rubbish we go around and we keep the community safe and clean and the more of us is better we benefit the, the local schools, we benefit the local shop, we benefit the GA clubs, for example my GA club, I'm sorry I'm, I'm harping on a bit, my yeah, GA club d- now because of numbers have to uh, Join another club. What does that mean? Yeah, I mean to have to numbers. Elaine, Elaine, just to give you to give you a, a point on that. I mean, it's it. You obviously are talking about it very much specifically from the farming perspective, though, and it's it's your it's your colleagues and members looking to live and presumably farm in the land. But that that's somewhat different. Yeah. Look, I suppose one of the big things too that we've been calling on the government to do is to deliver the rural planning guidelines that was supposed to be done at the end of quarter and um, two. They still haven't been delivered. Like, for instance, I know two members, um, both siblings, one is being left the farm, one isn't being left the farm. Houses are only 300 metres apart, practically the exact same thing. And just the planner gave planning permission to one and denied the other because it seemed like they just didn't like the house. Like, the inconsistencies that are around planning is the off-putting part for young people at the moment. And the cost of even getting plans done up and all these different charges you have to pay, it's not viable for a young person. It's half the reason why most of our members are getting on a plane and leaving for a brighter future in Australia, Canada, any place else that it can be a future. 
Well, I, and that I, isn't what we want. Yeah, and I also think there's an issue about uh, public transport as well because you can't you can't yeah. talk about one-off housing in Ireland like and not do- talk about it. No, yeah. they were talking. And Roddy and Lucas talked this morning. They were actually discussing the bus service, and this is a big thing. Even if you're talking about matches coming up to Croke Park, of how people act, you know get. It's one thing to have a compost heap in Croke Park, but if you don't have proper sustainable infrastructural planning and transport for people to get to the matches, so that they don't all have to come up in one car or whatever. Like we have to. It's a holistic thing and I don't think I do think as well that and I'd say this as a person who was brought up in a house down the country that it isn't just as simple as anybody who's applying for this or looking for support they need support families need support who want to stay on the in the country mm. in farming in Ireland and I think it's really important because they're some of the poorest people in the country Texting from a listener who says I have a small house in a rural area we paid full price but all around me people built on land that they own so they have monstrosities mm. of houses costing 150 to 200,000 definitely no grant for them so I, I definitely don't think there should be a grant given as far as I can see according to this texture. Roisin is going to stay with us. Yep. Um, I want to hear from people today who are t- who are currently in the process of carrying out home improvement works to their house. If it's something that you're thinking of doing, if you have questions around planning, um, architectural design, whatever your home improvement queries, send them in to us. It's 87 106. That's the WhatsApp number or you can give us a call. We'll be back in a moment. 1800 453 106. That's the number if you want to get in touch with us today on the programme. Um, a new survey that's been carried out has found 64% of homeowners say that cost is the main barrier to carrying out an upgrade to their home. 76% also claim um, that they have or plan to make home improvements as well to their energy efficiency uh, systems in their house. So we've architect Roisin Murphy with us in studio today. Roisin, I know you've, you've been with us in the first part of the programme as well. A lot of queries and questions coming in for you. Um, Sheena is on the line. Sheena, what's your question? for Roisin today. Hi Roisin and Andrea. Um, I have a question around the tipping point as to when a refurb is actually more expensive than knocking an old house and rebuilding. So we're at the early stages of purchasing what I would call a fixer-upper um, that needs significant investment in it. It's kind of a bit of a patchwork quilt. Uh, we wouldn't even necessarily go looking for planning because it's a fine size of a footprint. But I'm just wondering at what point to just say, oh, you know, we're left with three walls here. Let's just knock the whole thing and start again is my question. <laughs> This is a very cheeky answer, Sheena, and I'm really sorry. Only back in the 1970s, that was the the cost of carbon built into knocking a house at the moment. And the cost, even if you heard that report about the cost of building means it is now the 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 financial implications of knocking and it being cheaper to rebuild are kind of over. It's always cheaper, more financially prudent and environmentally better to keep the house. The most green building you will ever have is the existing building. So that's the short answer. Now, it's a tough one, though. So you need a good architect, one who has a sensitivity and a love for environment um, because it just it's it cannot make more interesting architecture as well because things are built differently. It doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging, though. Can I just pick up just on the point around the the existing house is the most... Yeah, is the, the greenest, greenest yeah. house. It was a thing we used to say for the last 10 years and people would look at you. But sure, they're all D and E rated. How? No, because there is inbuilt carbon in buildings. And now at the moment, I mean, even I, we, we had a thing for um, Talk of the Town in the Architectural Association last year and Valerie Mulvey, one of our leading state architects, was saying that she was doing uh, uh, 
a proposal for this beautiful 17th century building or whatever and there was a 1970s creature of a thing built under the back of the house and they were going to demolish that and the planner was going on what basis? Tell us your carbon mm. assessments because the cost of the car to bring the blocks, the concrete to be poured, okay, the heat, okay, every yeah. single decision you make in building. And there is no technology that isn't capable of refurbishing an old building, really, if you think about it. Has that a major decision for you, Sheena? Absolutely. Environmentalism is, is hugely important to me. Can I ask one other yeah, small course, question, yeah, yeah, Roisin? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the house that we're selling, yeah. um, an issue has come up with the, the compliance to fire regs around right. fire door in the lobby. There isn't okay. one. We did a big open plan extension here and yeah. the stairwell is exposed. Do we need to absolutely put in a door before we sell or is it up to the buyers, I guess, as to whether they can accept that risk? On a, pragmatist, on a practical level, Sheena, what I'd say to you is get it done because it won't delay the sale. Because otherwise right. you can get somebody to reduce the price. I mean, you know what I mean? It just becomes an yeah. issue. So I would say you get it done and your sale will go through quicker. And it's not, I mean, Brilliant. fire door replacement isn't a huge, isn't a huge one. Mm. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, thanks a million, both. Sheena. Best of luck with the the sell and the new buy yeah. and build as well. There's a I'd lot going on house. for sure. Yeah, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six is the number though. If you uh, want to call in, if you have a query for um, Roisin today, this listener is wondering. I'd I'd love to know how good retrofit underfloor heating systems are by comparison to the, the to the traditional. Um, is it the water? Is it? I'm not quite sure what that is. So there's something insulation anyway. Yeah. And the minimum level of insulation that's worth bearing as well or bringing in. This is a really complex question, OK? When I looked at this, I thought, next, I don't want to answer this one. But the truth is, it's also very important because if you're in a retrofit, what you usually get is a kind of a mat, an electrical mat heating system. Because you obviously, you're, you don't have the same depth of floors you would have in a new build. You get to pour the slab. You can choose the millimetres for putting your pipes in. You can use a wet or an electric system. And then you put in, a, the recommended thing is about 75 mil of insulation. But I can tell you, the electric mat heatings is very good. It does work. It's very efficient. The difference really is the cost base, because if you're usually an electric mat is obviously significantly different to heating a more traditional underfloor heating system. And the uh, cost of installation for a retrofit is actually relatively easy. You can even just plug in a mat, but it does have a cost. Mm. And if you don't, they're designed really to go to a more modern heat system and a heat pump system. So if you don't have one of those, the cost implications for heating is different. But I've used them in bathrooms. Now, I would say one other thing about this. If you're taught an underfloor heating system is an ideal for a, it is an ideal heating system for a passive house system. So if you are putting one into an older house, it won't necessarily give you the same kind of result as you would have in a kind of house that's been fully upgraded. 1800 453 106 if you have a question uh, you can call in here. We've architect Roisin Murphy with us today. Um, what's your top tip Roisin that you would give somebody renovating a bungalow bliss property? <laughs> okay, as a, as a lover of a bungalow bliss I would say to you um, insulate I do think they're very cold. I think insulate on the outside of the houses, insulation in the attic, because they were built usually at a time when it was a cavity brick was a very popular item in Ireland. And then you kind of put a minimal insulation. We didn't really understand the technology of the passive house. Check the orientation of your house first before you ever do anything. Lads out there, get the compass app and check where you are facing. If it's a bungalow, the chances are you are, are you're not orientated towards the daylight. You're orientated what we had in Ireland back in the 
70s or 80s when we were building this, we loved a good view. So you orientated mm. your house towards different things and then try and reorganise your house according to daylight. So if you have a big picture window, they're actually fantastic things. They don't need to be thrown out. You can refurbish them. You can add another pane of glass and try and reorganise your house. So say the kitchen, which generates a lot of heat during the day, try and trap a lot of light in that and that will release it out through the house. Well, just on that, another listener wondering about, has Roisin any tips on how to take advantage of country views without (laughs) changing the front of a property (laughs) since this requires regulations? Um, Oh, the old regulations. I think the view I think forget your view I don't I don't mean that but as a person who lived in a house where my father got a compass out and directed the entire house towards a view which one was in breach of planning but it was in the 1970s (laughs) so he didn't care nobody came out but it's very bad try and orientate try and think about it as a picture Try, do not try and modify your house unless you got planning permission for the view. The other thing you can do, I think, is kind of frame it through your window and imagine it as a painting. So what I, if you want it like, because the, the big picture window to an extent is gone. And I say that even at the risk of getting a lash off Dermot Bannon, the gl- big glass box is over. Like people are kind of slicing pictures of views at the moment. The idea that each picture is a kind of a, almost like a portrait of mm. a national gallery. And the other thing you could do, now this sounds a bit tack, so uh, bear with me, is a little bit of a mirror. There's nothing like a mirror in a garden. And I know it sounds so funny, but like uh, if you if you put a mirror in and you get a glimpse of the sky or you get a reframe of the view that you're looking in. Now, you can put a bit of bamboo, not too much because that's a bit of a blight on the in the rural Ireland, but you plant in front of it or you put a kind of a frame. So you look out and then you see a, a kind of reflection of your environment. It's quite an elegant way to do it as okay. well. Um, ask your contributor, will this new grant, the grant for one... Is that right? One off, sorry, this is the one off, sorry, the one we've been talking about, the 20,000, yeah. Available if I want to build a house in my back garden for a daughter in Dublin 5 and if not, why not? Well, I suppose that's a TD's calls. It's something that... Uh, on that, that is, I think that's a cheeky but a very appropriate question because I think one of the most, we need to be innovative in terms of planning for people. Uh, we need to be sort of saying to her, I often think like, you know, that they talk about building a dumb box at the moment. That's the latest thinking in urban planning. And a dumb box is basically a building between uh, two and five stories that they are essentially the ones that don't require the greatest infrastructure in mm. concrete, uh, fire regulations or anything. And I think they should be empowering people to put extra stories on their two-storey houses in the suburban areas, allow them to accommodate their their children, this is, we are in a crisis at the moment and also it will encourage better environments because we get a denser building. But encourage smaller builders then can get back into the, um, smaller builders can again get back into the business as well of providing housing too because at the moment it's all bigger builders and contractors that are able to get into mm. this part of the business. Yeah, well, it's funny. There's areas I know out around um, suburban Dublin in some of the new build estates where some of the houses there are actually three build houses. Yeah. Three stories like. I think, and it looks better. I know it sounds funny. I'm not, a, everybody knows I'm not a big fan of the 22 story um, office block that we, there was a big argument about it in the city centre in Dublin. That's arguably because of daylight and shadow. But there is an argument that Irish suburbs could be really reinforced by an extra height in ordinary housing. 1800 453 106 if you've a query here for architect Roisin Murphy. This listener night, my back door in um, my house opens in instead of out. It It makes a part of the kitchen where I'd usually have a table 
yeah. unusable. Is it possible to turn the door around so it opens instead, making the space much really, more usable? Really, I love this because this is actually the essentials of small space design. She is so right. And it seems like nothing. You go, that's not annoying. I'll get a new table. It could take in a small space. That yeah. could take a huge amount of space out of it. But it does cost. It's, I mean, it was one of the big tricks we used to do in the show, but it is, a, it does, it drives carpenters mad. And because initially they go, oh yeah, we'll really hang the door. Five days later, they're still rehanging a door. Hanging a door is really difficult, expensive. And, but rehanging a door is really difficult. So it can be done. Don't be surprised if it's expensive. Just expect to pay. Don't expect it to be a cheap. Okay. Now, the other thing she could do if it's a solid door, which we've done before, is do a traditional half door. This sounds like a funny one, but you can cut the door in half. Yeah. And you can then avail of sort of the ability to be in and out mm. whilst not interfering with your furniture. Uh, listener here in 87 1400 uh, We recently bought a house and the living room is uh, such an awkward shape. It's really long. We don't want to put a dining table in, but half the room looks empty. We do need something, but we don't know what to do with it. I'd love this problem. <laughs> my, my rooms are too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Look at you. Uh, what you need now is a little small fairway. No, I'm joking, but that is, I can just see my teenagers all doing various things. Kickflips on skateboards down the end of the living room. I, I mean, I think go with the flow. Plants are a beautiful way of kind of not cluttering a space, but making it, making kind of el- what you want is express the length in this. Wallpaper is another way. You can't usually enjoy a big space, but wallpaper is a lovely thing where you notice the walls first and not the distance. Um, and a small, what I would say is a single chair, a book, la- a book, set of books and a small rug. So a place to read, not necessarily, you know, a big long sofa, but I understand that not the, the dining table then makes it very cluttered. Mm. So I would just make a place that you can put a vase and a book, and a lamp, wallpaper, things like that. And plants are fantastic. Plants are really good because they they something living in your space. See, is I'm beautiful. the total opposite. This is why I have mirrors in the house everywhere in an effort. So I must have watched this in some interiors program. Apparently, it <laughs> mirrors are great. Yeah, it makes everything look bigger. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have obviously your living room is not too big, is no, it? It's right. not an issue. I no, have rushing. I can no. tell you. And I can tell you, I don't. And any time I have a space, I seem to find somebody that is skateboard on it or skating or the dog has decided it's going to lie right in the middle of it. <laughs> Sean is with us on the line. Sean, what's your question for Roisin? Uh, there's an EU grant for or loan from the EU for €50,000 to refurbish houses. I'm wondering if you know anything about it as I haven't been able to find anything concrete online. I know other countries in the EU have already availed of in different ways. So if you know anything regarding this €50,000 loan to refurbish houses. I think is this for the um, to take housing back into use? Is it for houses that are um, in rural areas, in towns, and villages? There's so no, much for uh, environmental friendly. Yeah, solar yeah. Yeah, that would, that's all of that would be on the SEAI website. I mean, there is new. There are new. There are new things coming down the line for conservation properties. I think that is yeah. the, that is coming yeah, in September. The refurbishment of yeah. derelict, isn't yeah. there, in well, vacant the de- homes? The derelict and vacant homes is online already, but we're actually having a very slow uptake on that. Believe it or not, that seems to be we're not. We're, Ireland is slow on the uptake on that, um, but there is 
grants coming down the line because we are going to have to comply with a whole new raft of regulations with regard to older buildings um, complying with emissions. So all of that's coming. Sean, hopefully that'll that'll help uh, in providing you with some more information. As you said, a lot of it is, is online yeah. anyway. You should be able to get that. Robbie is with us too. Robbie, what's your query? How are you doing? Good. Um, good. Yeah, no, just I suppose um, what we have at the minute, we, we kind of just did a new build. We moved in a couple of years ago, but uh, for about five years before that, we were living in uh, my wife's home house, uh, which is now, which is empty since. But uh, there was always kind of issues with, um, I suppose, damp. And mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, one area in particular, I know there's kind of water ingress that kind of soaking the plaster on the inside of the the living room, that kind of stuff. But um, And um, we've been kind of, it's been on our minds all right to kind of get something going to try and <clears throat> bring it back to life uh, for, for use maybe for just to get it back on even even a rental property or something like that yeah. but uh, just no idea where to start really about uh, like it's an old house by 1940s, 50s built um, you know probably the, the, it's probably stripped foundation under the walls only no floors no solid floors underneath that kind of stuff um, but uh, just, just even what would be a good place to, to start to try and find out get an idea of what okay. we need to do to get us up to scratch. Well, I think if you get your house, get the the U values as such calculated, get a survey done, figure out whether it's F, G, E, D, you know, get a position on the map, the B or, and then start putting together a plan with one of the nominated contractors. It sounds like it's habitable, but it's damp and it has a poor heating system. I, To be honest with you, the foundations I wouldn't get into at this stage. What I would try and do is upgrade the um, the rating on the BER and also make it habitable. You will get grants for that. And the thing of bringing a house back in, a house even like mm. this, that you think is uninhabitable, they're relatively, a lot of the damp and all that problem might come from a blocked drain. You don't know whether it's lack of ventilation. You know, the, people tended to block up air vents. But the biggest thing is to get that house back into the kind of the matrix of rental properties would be fantastic. And the other thing is you will get income from it. This, what, don't be afraid, like a bit of spend here now is all the way down the line is for you as well. Tr- is Ro- would Robbie get the grants you mentioned? Is that through the SEAI? Yes, all of that's okay. on through the SEAI. And also, but the other thing is that you, you, mean, for, you know, we're all entitled to, we're all being encouraged to refurbish. There's mm. huge grants around. If it's in a town, it gets one of the special small town grants. But also, you can rent out a property. Like you think about this as an investment. So, Get the, you know, you don't also need to bite this off in one big mm. chunk. You just say put needs a bit of external insulation, needs a heating system. But do get it, do get a good surveyor and they have all these nominated contractors on their website. But the other thing you can do is you can do it in a graded way. So you will get a picture of where it needs to be and at. decide, right, I can, I need to replace the windows. That's the big cost. That's going to cost me 20 to 30 grand. I can get the outside insulator. That will mm. help. And then, you know, get a good architect and you can make it, you know, I know it's very hard to get any of these people at the moment, though. Yeah. It's really difficult. So it sounds easy, but it, I think the thing of it depends on where you are as well in the country. Robbie, thanks a million for getting in touch. I hope um, I hope that helps you today. Um, another texter wondering, I want to knock an internal wall to open up some space in my house and make the kitchen dining yeah. room open plan. Um, it's not a low bearing wall, but it does have sockets and plug switches on it. <laughs> it's something I can do myself. I've no experience <laughs> in DIY. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I can only tell the truth that I I attempt I 
I did this myself and I'm an architect and I nearly electrocuted myself. I was there hammering away thinking I I couldn't live in this constricted Victorian house. So I thought, just knock a small hole in it. Yeah. And then, so don't do it yourself without getting a structural engineer in uh, to say whether Probably it's low bearing or not. an electrician by the sounds and of it as well. The ele- electrician. But that said, it's the least expensive thing you can do in a house and the most transformative thing. Knocking an internal Oh wall. my God. I mean, it's 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 absolutely fantastic. It is wonderful. I mean, having done it in an old house, I loved it. And I also think turning that back window into a door so you can access out into the garden. They're very simple things you can do. Just but on that texture. Yeah. Is open plan that's still in? Is it still a thing? Oh, yeah, it is, Andrea. Well, I mean, it's like anything. It's like there is this thing of the broken plan. I think it depends on the stage of life you're at. Like broken plan COVID, definitely. We all wanted it. We were putting walls back up in houses, trying to find a place to work. But that said, once, you know, just once that that lockdown released, all of us became open plan lovers again because you're like back in, you, you know, you're all able to go out to work again. So it depends and you can't beat open plan I think in terms of family life when you're rushing back in you want to cook a dinner you want to talk to your kids you want to you know you want to communicate with each other you have a small Mm. space but broken plan is still very attractive and that requires kind of movable partitions sliding doors and stuff like that One more texter from a listener I just bought a north facing house I want to do some small improvements to the open plan kitchen area would love some tips for a north facing room it does have some skylights Oh god that's that's a tough one Why? I'm very brutal about this. I mean, sorry, texter, listener. I say move the kitchen. Neve, I'm sorry. And I've said this move to my... kitchen. I have said this to best friends of mine where they're going, will you have a look at a set of drawings? And you're going, yeah, move your kitchen. It depends how much you love your kitchen, right? If you love light and daylight, mm. you can't beat south light in a kitchen. And I know it's a kind of... You'll see that sometimes you'll go past a terrace of street and you look at, but why do those people have the kitchen in the front room? They have it because of daylight. And don't be afraid of it. Like, be dramatic when it comes to north facing rooms. If you want to live in your kitchen, you're a kitchen person. Your kitchen is in the north. Don't be afraid to move the kitchen. Simple as that. Otherwise, borrow some of Andrea's mirrors. And it, <laughs> it requires a lot of that. Yeah, and that's why you're painting everything white as well. Yeah. Make it all look yeah. bigger. Um, I would have a question for you myself. How do you know that you'll get the value back? Like if you put on an extension or, you know, do some upgrading works. My only concern is you've no guarantee you'll ever get it back if you sell it. Uh, investment yeah. money I think unfortunately I think housing is a limited stock at the moment like look at us look at the way it is look at the housing market I don't know I remember I watched this over the years I mean I don't think even in the worst of times a canny purchaser mm. never sells their, their houses they always hang on to them rent them out I mean and it's really difficult at the moment yeah. they were discussing earlier in uh, on TG Carra they were talking about the difficulty of getting planning of get, even getting houses off the plans and being built even if you do mm. get permission because of the difficulty getting contractors We'll have to bring you back, Roisin, because we've loads more messages coming in from people. A lot of people very much, despite the survey today, about 64% talking about cost being the barrier to home improvement works. Uh, A lot of the listeners here certainly have a keen interest in it. Architect Roisin Murphy. Thank you very much. Thanks a million for your time. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.